0: It, it, it just got, if it, it wasn't getting weird, it just got a bit weird. I did read that. This is another thing I read. He's
1: screaming into the night. They drew the penis out. You know, Chris, I think you got all these extra copies of Watchmen. Whoever was stealing your DVDs you mentioned every other episode, I was giving you a copy of Watchmen. That's my gravel Uh Please
2: put your pants back on.
1: Wait till he starts telling you about the toothpaste you just bought. It's going to be exciting. All dying and no dawn. Hello, and welcome to Movie... SMASH!
2: Welcome to Movie Smash, the podcast that looks at comic book movies outside the MCU that you may or may not remember. If you're the type of person that enjoys talking about hidden gems or just likes to tear old movies apart, this is the place for you. And with that, let's get started. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Roberts, um, the founder of Off Panel Creations... And with me today, I've got Jeremy Parmentier.
1: Hi, I'm Jeremy Parmentier of the Retrovaniacs podcast, the band Subtastics, and a crime fighter in retirement.
0: <laughs> and Fergal I'm actually Fergal crime fighter in current action, so I'm taking over where Jeremy retired. And I'm also the owner of Gotham Night Comics, where we get our nerd on. Dope store in Livonia, Michigan. Come check us out.
2: See, that's the downside of always going first. I don't get to say something funny like that. You guys <laughs> just set the tone. <laughs> So our movie today from the uh, comments we've been hearing is that it's 2009's Watchmen. It stars Jackie Haley, Patrick Wilson, Carly Diego, Gag- Wow. Messed that one up. Jeffrey Dean uh, directed by Zach, the famous Zack Snyder coming off his 300 success. It's a matter of time, I suppose.
1: Watchmen. Four of us died tonight. Are even working for the government? For the if it was political killer, Off there's,
2: there's be war. Uh, before we jump in the movie tonight, um, I want to talk a little bit about with you guys about sort of what is your experience before going to this? This comes from a, a very famous comic book. So what was your experience before this movie?
0: So for myself, I mean, this this is an amazing comic book. It's actually still one of the best comics to this day, and it's it's probably Alan, one of Alan Moore's quintessential works. I mean, it's just it's a dope book that takes and deconstructs a superhero kind of scenario. So I thought it was really cool. I read it as a kid, and I just was absolutely enamored by the whole book. And I mean, it came out in '86. I read the story. I couldn't I couldn't not imagine enjoying that book. It was a great. So when they when they brought it to life, I was like, wow. This is going to be interesting.
1: You know, the last few shows, I've been the guy who's like, yeah, I had no idea what this was. Uh, I saw the movie. Maybe I'll check out the comic. Uh, I don't necessarily want to be that guy. Just as who I am half the time. In this case, though, I did know this was a comic. I did not read it at the time. But when the movie was going to come out, all my comic book friends from when I stored at the comic store was like, dude, how did you not read this when you worked here? You literally just walked around and read, you know, graphic novels. How did you not read this? Uh, And so I went out, picked it up, read it right before the movie started, uh, because I was like, "Okay, everyone said there's no way this movie is going to be as good as the source material. I got to read it this time. So. For, for the first time since probably Turtles, I was familiar with this uh, before watching the movie.
0: See, this is what Jeremy does. He, he's the one that's bringing up the cool factor. I think I'm just trying to keep up with this guy right now.
2: Well, for me personally, <laughs> uh, I had not heard of the Watchmen before the movie was announced, but my local comic book shop, I went there for board games, told me I had to read it. He just gave me a copy of the thing. And strangely enough, I actually have six copies of this book. I don't know how that has happened. I don't know where they've come from, but Um, But for myself, I read that book. I knew what it was, but I actually did not see the movie in theaters when it came out.
1: You know, Chris, I think you got all these extra copies of Watchmen. Whoever was stealing your DVDs, you mentioned every other episode, is giving you a copy of Watchmen. in (laughs) (laughs) That
2: that, that might be the exchange program. For little I know, I'm running a library of DVDs, and the price is The Watchmen.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, there's a movie about a guy who... who collected every copy of a particular record and he would literally get it from everywhere and get people to bring him stuff for just this one record. I think they made an entire movie about it. So that is a plausible theory, Chris.
2: That is my life. So, <laughs> so did you guys yeah, obviously it sounds like you guys both saw this movie, but do you, do you remember the experience when you saw this movie for the first time?
0: I thought they did a great job. Um it's it's hard. So I say it, and Jeremy you're going to agree with me 100%. Chris you're going to agree with me too. It's time this is why I- <laughs> This is probably one of the hardest things to take source material. You couldn't fit it all in the movie, but um, it's like Snyder lifted scenes right from the book and put them in the movie. And that, to me, is—I mean, it's—it's it's awesome. So, well, it missed. Uh, like I was saying earlier, um, my my favorite part is like the intro scene where they're the snapshot and they're they're going through that whole intro. If so, if you just watch the first two minutes of it, you'll be like, that is phenomenal.
1: Yeah, I, I saw it at the time, and I was very impressed at how close it was, to a point, uh, to the source material, right? I read the book right before I went to go see this, and so I was like, there's no way this movie's going to hold up to what this story actually is. And for the most part, I think it it's very, very close. They, they, they do make some changes. Some are just uh, minor changes that really don't upset the flow of the movie, and specifically, uh, one major plot point is 100% different, but uh, it's, it's still... I thought was a, a pretty good version of what they, you know, making this source material, which is kind of unique and interesting, uh, still really work as a movie.
2: I feel like I say this very often. But I did not see this movie in theaters. Um, I, <laughs> I, I got the, 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 the graphic novel in anticipation of it, but there's no I'm, local
0: theater near you. That's your problem.
2: <laughs> well, I, at the time, I was in the middle of a move, um, as they seem to do every three years. But I did buy the DVD when it came out, um, and that was my first experience with it. And we'll talk more about that later. But uh, your initial thoughts around this, um, Jeremy, you kind of m- mentioned the ending of it. Um, besides that, how was your overall take of it?
1: You know, I, when I saw it the first time, I thought, wow, they really did nail. For the most part, all the beats of the story that I remembered, right? I thought this was, this was a pretty good, it has all the same characters. There's things that seemed really familiar and watching it again. Now there's things that are literally line for line and scene for scene, which is great. And it's done uh, very, or it, it feels like it still works for a movie. It doesn't feel like they're just reading comic book pages. Right. So it, I thought it was very good. Uh, Again, without getting into the ending at this point, because we're what, three minutes in, uh it, the ending was shocking at the time in the movie theater, because I was like, why? Because they changed it. They changed the ending, sort of, right? The the ultimate end is still the end. <clears throat> but but like it's it, it's not what's in the comic at all. And it was kind of a, a jarring moment. But other than that, I I thought it was pretty close to the source material. Agreed. Agreed. I kind of agree with you a hundred percent. I think it was a great,
0: um, I saw it in IMAX. So, you know, I was, I was, I was blown away with the fight scenes. I was blown away with how they did it. Um, the ending was a bit shocking. Um, but I think that also spoke to, um, some of the, some of the backstories of the characters. They missed a few beats in that. Um, there were a couple parts that were not quite as the same, but, um, to the point where you know it's it's really hard to lift pages and put them on the main screen. You know, oftentimes they source material, but they don't lift the pages. This guy lifted pages.
2: You've sort of touched on it, but uh, for a little bit. But what did, what sort of do you have any comic book history for us? Any bit of lore.
0: Yeah, I mean it's 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 one of Alan Moore's quintessential works. Um, it sort of comes off of him doing um, the book before this was Camelot Three Thousand. So I don't know if you've read that book. It's a, I own all of them; they're amazing. I so did read was, that. This it's is another, another thing I read. <laughs> this is a this is a, this is another story that. So Alan Moore had just written that story, um, and it was great. I mean, it was great. It was probably one of the best Arthurian stories you ever read. So this was his next story, and it broke. the – board in terms of just changing the storylines. It just, it came out, won a ton of awards. He won a Hugo award. Um, Dave Gibbons was phenomenal. Um, you know, the, the artistry was amazing. It was its own separate kind of artistry it as its own separate kind of story. It, you know, he wasn't well-known Dave, it's a funny fact is Dave Gibbons was not very well-known outside of this story. Um, you know, this was, you know, I think Alan Moore was well-known, but he wasn't. So um, really great overall story, just a cool comic book.
2: Okay. Well with then let's sort of jump right into the movie. Um, for those that don't know, the plot of this movie is it takes place in the year 1985. Um, superheroes have been around since the I think mid30s and it has changed the course of history as we know it. The movie opens with the murder of a retired hero. His name is the comedian. Uh, Roshak, he's one of the remaining active crime fighters out there, begins an investigation into his murder and he's looking for a potential murder of, a mass murderer or mass killer as he calls him. And quickly, the story unfolds into a vast conspiracy. And just a quick little note for everybody. One, one last thing before ju- uh, finally jump into it. We'll be discuss- discussing a lot of the plot of this thing. So if you don't want spoilers, go watch this thing. Come back. Because we're going to discuss some elements of the story that might be considered spoilers. Especially the ending of this thing.
0: You so have been warned.
2: Consider yourself warned. Exactly. One. La- I keep saying before we jump in. One last thing. What version... <laughs> What version of this movie did you guys watch?
0: Everything, everywhere, all at once. (laughs) No, I watched the original theatrical cut and then, uh, well, the original theatrical release. um, And then just because of time constraints, I watched the HBO Max cut,
1: which was still great. I didn't know that there was a difference between the original theatrical release and the Max cut. I did see the theatrical release when it was new, but then I watched the Max cut for this. I thought that was the original release.
2: Yeah, personally, uh, me being overprepared, I watched the theatrical cut before watching this. I also rewatched the ultimate cut, and I have seen the director's cut of this thing. Um, and I've <laughs> and I have actually seen the director's cut with Maxim movie mode, which we can get a little bit later too. So I have thoroughly seen this movie. That's
0: I mean, I, can we just take a few minutes and direct ourselves to the point that you have so much free time?
2: <laughs> it's amazing all the things I get done. <laughs> So let's let's jump into the movie itself. Let's start with the characters, because the characters make up a huge portion of this movie.
0: I just think they're a different viewpoint there, as I said, it, you know, I said at the beginning, I'm gonna say it again. It's a deconstructed superhero movie. Um, it's a deconstructed superhero story. That's what made it a great story because, um, you know, they are a different viewpoint, like night owl, kind of a Batman without the self-confidence Roshark, a violent detective who could be mistaken for a criminal. Um, Dr. Manhattan, you know, omnipotent hero tethered to a man, silk specter, like a black widow, but more jaded. And I am, Dopely amazed at Osmodius. I thought they did a great job pairing that. I don't think they gave enough to his backstory because they put him in a Nazi family and he's not. Um, there's a really cool Osmodius backstory, but he was well
1: portrayed. Great character portrayal. Even the comedian was amazing. And all these characters feel very similar to, you know, standard comic book archetype characters, like you said, which is good because if they tried to do this same movie uh, or, you know, I guess same comic with the original characters that these are loosely based on or whatever, they wouldn't be able to have the freedom of making them feel uh, human because that's really a lot of this is is taking these superheroes. But you're seeing their private lives. You're seeing what's going on with them. Um, you know, either they've retired or they're in hiding or they, they're out right in the open cause they're, they're actively, you know, helping the government like Dr. Manhattan, but it still shows them as more human than superhero. They, they have their powers, they do all the things they do, but it, it humanizes them and they have flaws, massive flaws. You'd never see a, you know, a, uh, well, it's happened, but there probably wouldn't be a, a movie with a, a Superman with a flaw like what you'd see in Dr. Manhattan. So it's it's neat to have these very similar characters that everyone can kind of immediately go, oh, I know who that's supposed to be, sort of. Uh, but then you can, you know, because of that, you have the freedom to do whatever you want.
2: It's, it's interesting, too, because there are actually two groups of superheroes. There is the group from the 30s and then there's a group from now or the 80s, if you would. And the. One of the passes th- thrown shown in, in flashbacks, um, but it's funny how you guys say these characters kind of remind you of somebody. They aren't just sort of light taking of characters. This is actually uh, th- this cadre of characters, if you would, is actually from uh, Charlton Comics. Meaning that when DC bought Charlton Comics back in 1983, they also got their characters with it. And each one of these is a one-to-one pairing of characters from those comics that uh, when it was purchased, they were originally going to use these comics for the store these these characters for these stories. But when DC realized what he was going to do with these store these characters, they said you can't use them straight. just give them a different name. So an example for you like um, Rorschach. he's the question. Uh, Dr. Manhattan is Captain Adam. Night owl is B- uh, the original Blue Beetle, Silk Specter is Nightshade. Osmanius is Thunderbolt, and the comedian is Peacemaker.
0: Interesting. That's that's really interesting because they they have they have no bearing whatsoever. Well, um,
1: I didn't care. know that, but again, because they are you know very standard kind of archetypes for what you'd see in these comics, you, even without that knowledge, there's still characters in the DC and Marvel universes that kind of tie to the the kind of thing you're thinking about. Like I thought, uh, for example, the comedian was kind of supposed to be a take on on like the Punisher, but with the Joker mixed in, right? Like that kind of a mix of characters, but still very familiar without knowing them.
2: Oh, without a doubt. And I think that the people, the actors they chose for these roles were fantastic. Um, in fact, Jackie Haley is the only one who actually read the comic before you know, getting the part. Um, he actually campaigned to be Rorschach in this thing.
0: That's pretty amazing. That that that's interesting that you say that. I would never have thought the Blue Beetle. I was actually more in line with what Jeremy was mentioning with the uh, kind of the uh, the comedian, more like Punisher, with a little bit of the Joker thrown in there. But I, I, you know, it's it's interesting because these characters you mentioned, they all have great comic stories. They're all still out there doing different things now. Um, So it's kind of interesting that they're in that. uh, You must have got that from the Ultimate Cut. <laughs> that's well, that's uh, all I can say. I mean that that sounds like one of those maxims that you overlay stuff on. Well, I mean, you, you mentioned
2: the comedian. I a mean, little fun fact for you: uh, the original director for this movie was not Zack Snyder; it was Tim Burton, and he was an, uh, cast Johnny Depp as the comedian.
0: Oh, that would have been a bad call. Yeah, which no. would have been a bad call. Luckily for us, he was too busy
2: doing Sweeney Todd and Alice in Wonderland, so he passed.
0: <laughs> that fit. That fits. That fits. Let's leave it with Zack Snyder. No, Zack Snyder did it amazing, and I'm just oh, as did. I said. I, you know, here's another fun fact. You know that Billy Crudup's head was Frankenstein on Daniel Pruitt's body, a, a, a workout guy, um, and that Daniel Pruitt, who was a physical actor for Doctor Manhattan, um, wore a light suit that was like glowing blue the entire time. It was like a light motion suit that was blue, and the comic has sex now they do all kinds of screwing in this movie (laughs) they sure do uh
2: actually you mentioned dr manhattan um do you know who the original person that was going to be dr manhattan was not at all
1: i do and you'd never know it was don Knotts. no i'm kidding that can't be true
2: (laughs) are you reading my notes no it's a it's keanu reeves was going to be the original dr manhattan
0: interesting another glad not happen choice but for once not nick cage that's a damn shame. New kids needs to be everywhere. So
2: you sort of started touching upon it, Fergal, about the effects. Cause you mentioned Dr. Manhattan with the blue suit. How'd
0: you guys feel about the effects? How do they hold up, you no, know, so many years later? The fight scenes were amazing. I mean, I think, um, well, so, you know, use this movie and template out the boys. Just stop right there. I mean, so, so many different stories post this movie pick up these fight scenes. Most fight scenes now show the slow motion, show the slow slow motion opportunities. Um, They're much more graphic and in detail. I just think this movie kind of set the bar on so many different fronts.
1: Yeah, it's it's got a ton of that slowdown for, for the action scenes, but not to the point where it's obnoxious. Um, It's very graphic, but in in a way that is completely over the top comic books, this stuff works for me. Um, And the blueness. We mentioned Dr. Manhattan. He is very blue. And knowing that he had a light suit, that actually makes a lot of sense. Because there's, every time he's in there, because he is blue, everything kind of reflects that blue. Um, Also, if you ever wanted to see a giant blue man with a penis out, this is the movie for you.
0: Oh, yeah. Now that one, that, that, that is is it in the comic or was it in the movie? Was he walking around in Vietnam? Because I thought he had the black suit on. Or were we watching the Max cut where they drew that bad
1: boy in there? They drew a penis for the max cut well i guess that makes sense you pay for max every month you want that extra.
0: <laughs> no i think the max cut they drew the penis out i think it's the maybe chris you could shed some light on this you've got the ultimate cut the, the, uh, the is answer the,
2: is the answer uh, is no he wore a black suit when he's taking over vietnam
0: that's there because in the comic they got him out
1: there doing the dangly business, and honestly, that would have frightened me more than him blowing people up. Well, it's still in here. It still happens in this movie uh, when when the um, the sex scenes going on where there's multiple versions of him. He is naked uh, and just standing in the room in the other part of that. So he does. That's more what I was talking about. I, but you're right. In Vietnam, in the comic, it is you get some giant blue dong. Here you don't. See that. <laughs> that's why they wanted to surrender to him. <laughs>
0: I'm sorry. That was completely off topic.
2: I don't even know how to transition out of that, guys. <laughs> Actually, you know what? I, I kind of do. So that's one of those small little details or large details. However you want to take that that happen in the background. Like they're not just outright saying it it's just it's happening. Did you notice all the small details in there such as like the U.S. Flag had 51 stars on it, not 50 uh, because Vietnam was a state.
1: Yes. I mean, we, we kind of talked about how superheroes have changed the course of time. In, in this movie, the whole background is that the U.S. wins Vietnam because they send Dr. Manhattan and other superheroes to win the war, right? Because what are you going to do if you're, you know, you're, you're fighting against an army you can't defeat because of their just in general, they're using the the, the land to their advantage. They know where to hide. They're, they're, they're fighting for their own survival. But if you're, you send in a giant blue <laughs> radioactive guy, who's also hanging dong everywhere, you're gonna, you're going to give up. So yes, they brought him yeah. in. They, they've, they, they then win Vietnam and therefore Richard Nixon's like president forever. It, it works out like it, it, When I read the comic, I understood that to some level in the movie. The first time I saw it, I remembered it, but it didn't seem as important as it was when I watched it this time again. It's like, how did I not pay more attention to that part of it? There is all this background things like what Chris mentioned, the the flag is 51 stars. That's all stuff that's really neat that they rolled in with it that I just kind of took as background noise, but it really is a lot of detail.
0: The one thing I think they missed on was how Dr. Manhattan got that circle on his head. I I'm, I'm going to say it outright. They didn't really they didn't give us any opportunity. That was such a pivotal comic scene. Why didn't they do that? That would probably be my biggest disappointment when he first when he first walked into the talk show and they wanted to give him kind of a logo and he drew his own logo. That was dope. Come on, guys. Uh, well, then you need to watch the ultimate cut.
1: Is it there? 20 minute scene. Man. 20 minute scene. Yeah, it's Tw- it's
2: 20, 20 minutes. 20 minute scene. Okay, it's just all dialogue. And no dong. I'm sorry. <laughs> I, given how many times you guys have brought it, brought it up, I think that the episode title needs being "Hanging
0: Dong." I mean, <laughs> well, I mean, again, if you were a Vietnamese and there's a 10, 20 foot dong coming at you, you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you know give up too. Well, there are other references in there too,
2: not just one such as like the Keenan Act of 1977, which outlaws superheroes, or you know, there the obviously Zack Snyder just came off as 300 success for this. Uh, 300 is mentioned or referenced within this movie a couple different times. Have you guys noticed it? Did you catch the couple references in there?
0: No, I didn't. And that's probably because that was t- I just recently watched it and I had a million things going on, but where was that? Where did I miss that at? Is that in the ultimate cut as well? No, that's not.
2: Um that's in the normal cut. So in the the room number for the comedian's 300, uh, which they do a nice zoom slow-mo of so you can't miss it. Um so the Spartan 300 movie is also on the TVs at uh, uh Vites um lair at the end, I guess. All the TVs he has on the wall. But actually, this is not in the movie Three Hundred, the movie uh, Watchmen. But actually, in the trailer for Three Hundred, if you, if you freeze the frame at one minute and fifty-two seconds, Rorschach, uh, Rorschach is in the trailer for Three
0: Hundred. Just as a heads up, that's awesome. That's awesome, and that's a Snyder thing. I'm definitely down for that. Man. That's like signing your movies. But I mean, there, there. Uh, now, I do want to talk about the
2: opening sequence a little bit. What did you guys think about that? That that stands on its own to me. You're talking about the fight? because they're. You're, now you're I'm talking now you're about the, the, it shows the past. It basically shows all
0: of American history being caught up for us. Best scene in the entire movie. Probably hands out one of the most iconic scenes. And that's why I told you. if someone didn't want to watch this movie and just had two minutes and 49 seconds or three minutes, just watch that beginning scene. Before you even get to the comedian, just watch that scene. It'll be enough to make you happy.
1: When we talked about the the uh, Justice League New Frontier or whatever it was called, that's what that reminded me of. Right, that intro where it kind of goes through the, the the different history, the different versions of of uh, what kind of what what is happened in this universe. That's why that was very familiar to me when we watched it. I was like, oh, this is kind of like DC's version, even though Watchmen is DC uh, of of the Watchmen. They kind of take this idea where superheroes are outlawed and they've they've gotten more involved with world politics. Well, that that's what the intro of this movie is, but with these characters.
2: The the two that stood out for me was one the comedian kills jfk
0: yes yep that one stood out to me a little bit i was i was shocked about that
2: and the other one is night owl stops the mugging of martha and thomas wayne
0: that I didn't, I didn't recognize them as Martha and Thomas Wayne. That's I, it. Just completely. Now that you say, how do you know that was Martha and Thomas Wayne?
2: It's the the, the posters on the wall are for the movie. Um, the masks are Yeah, or whatever play they saw. That's what was on the wall for what they're coming out
0: of. And there, she has a bunch of pearls. And is the boy holding the playbill? I as believe well? so. So that would be that would be pretty dope. Now you're going to make me go. I back think you need to go back and watch out, the See, ultimate
2: cut true. and watch your four hour extravaganza. <laughs>
0: So these effects, uh, just to touch
2: on the effects a little bit, th- this movie is just full of slow mos I mean, if you got rid of every slow mo it'd probably be like an hour and a half movie. <laughs> um, it is just littered with them. They're all great shots. Um, the movie had over 200 sets and took over five months to film the entire thing. This was an endeavor, to say the least. But we sort of start touching on a little bit, guys. Plot. Let's sort of really deep into it. So wh- the plot of the movie, obviously, it's straight from the comics, but there have been some
0: changes. Um, I think the end of the movie you know it shaped itself up really nicely that you thought we were heading towards the ending and the ending was so completely off the beaten path um that it was that was probably the one big takeaway is like what was so horrible about creating that ending around the way it was originally uh, envisioned um he had already done so much that was literally pulled directly from the uh, panels of the comic why didn't he make the ending so i'm
1: still at loss
0: for that i still don't understand
1: that i had some thoughts on it so i I guess we've already kind of warned you we're going to talk about the plot, but we're really going to talk about the ending in detail here. I think that's the only way to make this make any sense to some level. So the, the whole plot of the movie is, is, you know, Rorschach eventually figures out um, with the help of, of night owl and the other superheroes coming back, kind of who is behind this, this uh, killing of, of, of the comedian, but also kind of other superheroes that have been targeted, but, but for the purpose, right? And it's of course, one of their own who's, who's decided that he's going to save the world by causing a catastrophe. Now in the comic book, that catastrophe is, he he genetically engineers some giant tentacled monster that also somehow is attached to a um some kind of mentalist that was able to to to
0: Well he kidnapped they kidnapped a bunch of a bunch of scientists, artists, dentists. They I mean he had this whole right. thing, this whole operation where he was creating this monster of such unequable proportion that it would make people have a complete mind meld that would kill millions of people. Instantly.
1: Well, it was that that like when the, the monster would would show up it basically dies almost instantly on 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 arrival but then it has come some like psychic burst that comes out too that destroys everything right so it's got it's got this giant i mean literally like tentacle monster that shows up in the middle of the city and does a whole bunch of damage well the movie instead changes that and instead it it is quote more realistic that uh, instead he's been working with dr manhattan this whole time to build what he's been saying is uh, kind of an ultimate power for the world, so they never run out of power, but instead he's designing um, bombs based on the power of Dr. Manhattan, and he basically causes them all to go off at once, destroying a huge chunk of the world, but making it look like it's from Dr. Manhattan, right? So the world will now unite around this new enemy uh, and stop the the Cold War that's basically coming to a head in this movie. Uh, I, I liked the change in that I thought it made more sense as to why Dr. Manhattan Vanishes, right? He realizes, like, okay, well, you you've succeeded, and now the world is is you know we've diverted this cold war. I don't know if it's going to last long. In fact, he kind of hints that it probably won't. But he, then he he leaves. He was going to leave anyway. He, he didn't want to be on Earth anymore because he just wasn't comfortable here. And you know, people he's 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 so beyond the rest of Earthlings, he's going to go out and be a god somewhere else, right? But instead, in this, he now has this extra layer of I can't come back because if they find me, then it's going to you know either ruin the illusion that I'm still watching everybody, and you have to stay on your toes at all times in case it come back or they'll eventually figure out he didn't do this right so he vanishes in the comic instead he does vanish but there's a lot more backstory i think to dr manhattan in the comic to kind of explain why he doesn't want to be here anymore where the movie doesn't have that kind of time to to give him that character so i i didn't mind the ending for that but at the time i was like i was sure when i first saw it I was like well it's probably because they tried to film the tentacle monster and it looked stupid so they didn't and i thought this was easier to film because it's just explosions great uh but I, now i don't know if that's the case or not
0: no, oh, that's the great mystery. Unless Chris, your ultimate cut will shed some light on
2: this. <laughs> no, it, the cut does. I do some information for you, but I actually, Jeremy, I agree with you that I think this was a better cohesive ending for the movie. Right? That the fact that it we did not have time to fully understand Doctor Manhattan. So this gave a plausible reason why he just leaves and the world unites behind him um, around all that. Now that's funny. This was actually not the original ending that the original script had when it was first written. And that I do have for you. So the original plan was that uh Veid's plan was to, to change the world, was to go back in time. He was gonna assassinate John Osterman with a sniper rifle before he becomes Dr. Manhattan. And they stop him. And Dr. Manhattan kills Vite because he kills Vite. And then they Dr. Manhattan realized this is actually a good idea and destroys himself, causing a time rift in time and space. And then everyone has sucked into an alternate dimension, discover a world where they're actually characters in a comic book. And they decide to pick up fighting a uh, crime fighting in this new world. I kid you not. That was the original ending that was going to be made for this movie.
1: That's bad. That's
0: terrible. Wow. Somebody smoked. That's a lot of burning of a lot of pot at that point. I mean, there's no, there's no other way that idea comes to fruition. <laughs> <laughs> was, was that the Tim Burton cut?
2: <laughs> no, that's, that's the Sam ham cut. Um, yeah, seeing it, I'm like, I am glad they went with the Manhattan. <laughs> Just leaves.
0: Just leaves. Well, I mean, I, I mean, so they they did give me the Mars scene. I mean, so they gave me the whole glass scene, they gave that. That was very intricate. That's why I assumed they were going to take it the rest of the way. They even had the field, intrinsic field reactor. So, I mean, you kind of, and Bustastos, the dog, you had the whole, you were leading right to it. And then it just was completely off the beaten path. So, I mean, that's why I think that's why to this point you're like, well, why is that ending? But the movie is still dope. I mean, it's, you know, I I think um, where they made the mistake and I know it's critically acclaimed and I'm going to be the lone voice is when they decided to make the 34 years after Watchmen HBO show that I don't care if it's critically
1: acclaimed. I know it is. I know it's a great show, but that was unneeded. I I don't think it was needed. I liked it. I have to say I, I enjoyed it, but I didn't. I've read nothing in. I know there's other books that have come out um, that maybe Alan Moore had nothing to do with. I don't really know. Uh, for the Watchmen universe, there was something recently. I think in the last couple of years that was the Doomsday yeah, Clock. I, the I Doomsday didn't read Day any Clock, of it. Yeah. Like I was like, I, I
0: don't. But that, was, that was plausible because of the um, because of Flashpoint Paradox. So that was plausible. The only way that was plausible was Flashpoint Paradox. Well, but
1: my point was like not reading anything other than this original work. Uh, I wasn't. I wasn't expecting anything when they said there was an HBO show based on The Watchmen. I saw the, the like even the trailer for it, like the previous. Like this has nothing to do with Watchmen, but I'll watch it because it's HBO and I watch most of their shows, and it's probably good. And I did thoroughly enjoy it, and it does tie back to this sort of thing. But again, it's not. It it's it's kind of like a an offshoot of this. It doesn't really continue the story. It does overall continue like the universe, but it doesn't. It, it's not. It's not integral that you have watched Watchmen to enjoy that, but it's also fine if you did watch Watchmen and not like that. Like, there's no real tie. You're not going to see, with the exception of one main character, you're not going to really see anybody else from this in that Watchmen TV show.
0: No, but what would have been really cool is if we could make a movie about what happens when the new Frontiersman opens Rorschach Journal and like really like really dive into that. I know that the, the HBO show tried to because it wasn't really tied into, but if we could really just put a focus on Rorschach's journals, that would have been because the world found out and that would have been cool.
2: Well, it's interesting you bring up the journal. I mean- to sort of circle back to the plot a little bit, the movie, and I, we, didn't, we didn't mention, it, so I do want to mention it. The movie is actually told from his perspective, though you don't really, you can't really tell that what you're watching necessarily, but it, all the scenes at the end of the day, if you go back and watch that movie and think to yourself, this is Rorschach watching this all unfold, it takes a different take because he's actually in most scenes in yes, the background. Yeah. In fact, if you watch the ultimate cut or the director's cut, there's more scenes where he's walking past the camera with that the end is nigh sign over his shoulder. And th- there's a scene where um Night Owl and Silk Spectre are having dinner together. But if you notice, they're sitting behind the glass, like the camera's on another piece of glass looking through, right? You'll, you'll notice there's like a little sheen to it. It's because it's Rorschach on the
0: street watching them. <sighs> that would make sense. He was a bit of a creepy dude. <laughs> oh, he's super creepy. <laughs> And that's why Haley Joel—is uh, it Haley Earl Jones? Or I can't remember the actor's name. He was probably he played Freddy Krueger, but he was made for that role. That was that was again part of I think Snyder's magic to this movie. He cast exactly who he needed to cast to make this movie work. Well,
2: as I mentioned earlier, Jackie Haley is the only cast member who actually has read that read that comic before the he was t- told about it. He said, "I want to be Rorschach," like he wanted that role. Period.
1: Well, it kind of works then. If it's the whole thing's from him, he's the one narrating the movie. He's the one who's kind of keeping the notes. It's great that he'd be the only person ahead of time that knew what they were getting into.
2: Tone-wise, we've sort of touched upon a little bit. How do you guys feel about the tone of this movie?
0: I think it matches. I think it's. Um, I think it keeps with the book. I think it keeps the comic for again. It you know. Uh... <laughs> Someone who is a nerd impossible or a uh, master nerd such as myself um, may, may miss on those little details that I think make a difference. Like I, I mentioned Veid's, um background, right? They, they they pasted him as a Nazi. He rebuilt himself because he was a Nazi family. But in the comic, he, he, he walks away from his wealth, but not because it's a Nazi, but because he believes he can do it himself. And so he takes the journey of Alexander, who cut the knot at Macedonia and, and all the things he did there and so those are things that make a difference in the story but they're little points they're they're extra nerd points if you're just watching this it it, it runs nice it's a little long um, uh, but it's a great movie
1: yeah i had to watch this in two in two breaks when i was it in the theater i saw it you know obviously all at once um but for this podcast even even though i knew what i was doing i also wanted to kind of look at the the comic while i was watching it so i'd watch you know 30, 40 minutes of this, then go back and read through the comic up to that point and see like what was different. So there were lots of little differences um, that I wouldn't have noticed without doing that thing. Like for example, when uh, Rorschach in the comic, he kind of goes around to all these retired superheroes and warns them that someone's killing superheroes. Um, He goes to, uh, to fight's office in the like in the evening and, and warns him in this instead night owl does it in the middle of the day and they also were able to then tie in when the, all the reporters and stuff are there so it it, it all it all worked but there are little changes there the biggest thing i noticed aside from the ending that clearly was totally different was the um or at least you know the the method of getting to the ending is different um dr manhattan himself i felt when i read it in the comic he still felt like he was more human i think in in the movie version He's, he's already like otherworldly, right? He already feels like he's on another different like, universe than the rest of us. He's here, but he's always doing other things. And in, in the comic, you kind of saw that gradually happen to the point where he becomes that, but it, in especially the earlier parts of the comic, he still felt like he was having human reactions to things, right? And maybe that's in how I read it as opposed to seeing someone acting on the screen, but I thought that was a big difference for me.
0: Well, they fleshed him out more. Remember, you know, part of his journey in the comic was going back to how it all began. Now, I know they went back through and they kind of touched on it in the in the movie, but they really hammered on it in the comic, um, and you can see it as he walks through. So, I think that was probably. I agree. I agree. And I think there were, like I said, the end scene was probably a big one, and there were a few other small ones. But yeah, I agree. I thought that that's an interesting take, Jeremy. Right?
2: So, what about pacing? How'd you feel about this—the pacing, of this movie overall? Because I mean, this—let's be honest—this movie, for some people, were about was about three hours, and for others, like me, it was a four-hour movie.
0: Well, I wouldn't—you'd have to make it a Friday or Saturday night. I think that'd be the only way it works. But if you're going a Friday or Saturday night, where your your spouse goes to sleep, or you're just wanting to chill, or you want to do a date night, this is a movie to watch. Um, and I think it paces well. I think you don't notice that three hours have went by which always makes it a good movie. Now, when you're trying to watch it as part of this, yeah, because you're slowing
1: it down, but if you're just watching it for the first time, you're not going to see three hours go by. I think if I would have been the person this time who had not read the comic and then watched it, I wonder if there's things that I would have thought this is too long. Doesn't need to be there. And I still would have gotten the same end storyline out of it. I think as an adaptation of this, of this series, it needs to be as long as it is. And they still had to cut some stuff out. There's lots of things that I'm sure in the ultimate cut that were not in this, that were in the comic, but it still had most of the beats. It had most of the, you know, every, every chapter, every different comic in there, you can see like, here's where they cut it. Here's where they cut it. Here's where they cut it. Here's where they pulled it from. There's scenes that are exactly like framed out the same way with the same dialogue. I mean, it's it's a really good version of this comic, but I don't know if I would think it's too long. Had I not read that comic first, this is probably the only time I'll get to say that sentence. So I'm very excited that I got to do so.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we have broken it first. Ladies and gentlemen, Jeremy has enjoyed it because he enjoyed the book first. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got to say,
2: I think pacing wise, it's a good, it's, it did not feel like a three hour movie. To say the say Um, if, your person, well, we'll get into my recommendation a bit uh, later on about which one you should be seeing, but yeah, I'd say pacing-wise, it was good. I mean, if you like Zack Snyder films you, and you're used to his slow motion that he, he just uses quite often, it's you're going to be fine with it. If not, you, at, you're right, Jeremy. There are times where you say to yourself, "If I had not read the book, if I didn't know what I was getting into, I might say this is dragging at some points." But generally speaking, I think it moves along nicely.
0: So overall, guys, how do you feel about it? I think it hits. I think it hits. I think it's a, a good movie. It, it To Jeremy's point, I think we've been hammering at this for a, a bit of time now. And I think, again, I think if, if, if someone hasn't, you know, first off, I, I'd tell every person, um, if you want to read a book you had that, that will kind of blow you out a little bit, read this book. It's really interesting um, in a lot of ways. And I think if you then go watch the movie, uh, even read one or two chapters and then go watch the movie, you're going to be blown away. And even if you've not, I think you're still going to be blown away by how it's well made. Um, it's it just you can't hit everything but to, to your point jeremy they, it's like they lifted dialogue and scenes and they 4d them and it's really hard to do you you kind of think this is not that easy to do to to 4d something and bring it into life and then make it look good
1: yeah no it's it's very impressive i i definitely you know, I, I definitely liked this movie. I would definitely watch this again. I did watch it for this, and I, I I would just be curious. Like, I know my wife has seen it once, and I don't know if she ever has an interest in seeing it again, because it is a little bit long, and she isn't familiar with the source material. Um, I, This is one of the few things where I'd say, you know, you almost have to ha- have read the book. You, you don't need to to understand it, but I think to really appreciate it for what it is, you really do want to read the Agreed.
2: Yeah, I'm with you and Jeremy. i uh, with you on, on Jeremy. I think to truly... Enjoy this movie for what it has. Read the book first. Overall, I love this movie. I can't say it enough. I, as you can tell, because I've watched it so many times at this point and so many different versions at this point. I love this movie. I love the cinemography behind it all. I love the Easter eggs, the true Easter eggs that are planted throughout and the whole throughout the whole thing. And there's just so much to see. And I catch new stuff every time I watch it again. So uh, personally, I just love this film. I love the different versions for different reasons. But to truly appreciate this film, you got to read that book. That doesn't mean you have to read the book, but you should read the book. I guess it sort of segues right into it, guys. Should people go out and seek this movie?
1: Yes, I I think this is a a great movie. Again, I I do recommend reading the book first, but even if you didn't, it is a very enjoyable, albeit a little bit long, uh, take on a superhero movie. But again, without all the trappings of if you were going out to see a new Batman movie, you kind of already know what you're in line for. This is this gives you a clean slate. That as long as you like superheroes at all, you'll probably enjoy what's going on here. I would, I would most assuredly recommend, and, and where I would differ with both of you guys, just in the fact that you're, you
0: know, so I'm gonna say it like this: best experience, read the source material. Best experience. But even if you most people who went and drugged themselves to Endgame, Infinity, all of the multiple superheroes they watched out, if they want to see a movie, I heard the word clean slate. This is a movie to go see. If you even like the superhero but you want to change it up, this is the movie that's going to do. It. And within the first ten minutes, you're going to be like, "Wow!" and knock it off your seat. You'll hold your pee.
2: Yeah. So for me, <laughs> I'd say go see it. And I'd say, like I said, I've seen all four versions of this thing. The if you've if you've not read the source material, go watch the theatrical cut. Enjoy it. It's a great movie. You'll enjoy yourself. Uh, grab some popcorn. Relax. If you've read the book, I'd recommend watching the director's cut. And that's just because it adds things like Hollis's death is is in there. Uh, It adds more scenes where you see Rorschach in the background, that kind of stuff. Now, once you've watched those two, one of those two, and you say to yourself, I want to get the full comic book experience, go watch the ultimate cut. Because what it does, it adds even more scenes in there. Um, If you remember the book, there are scenes where there's a newsstand and a guy's talking to this kid. Yes. Those scenes are now in the ultimate cut, and they... Bookend going into the actual comic book of the 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 Black Freighter comic book is actually in the ultimate cut as a motion as as a cartoon, as an animated cartoon. So it actually goes into those as well and segues back in again with those those new scenes, and it's it's flawless. So if you're saying to yourself, you know what, I've read the book, I love the movie, and I want to see the full experience, go watch that version of it. Um, and you can do it over several days. You'll you'll enjoy it either way, because it actually takes everything from the comic that it could and shoves it into that four hour movie, and it does it well. It does not slog on. I did it in just one oh, sorry one and a half se- sittings. Meaning I got through most of it and just had to go to sleep. So I did the second the, the part I missed. Now, if you're a cinephile, I mean you love movies, I would recommend going to go watch. The Maxim movie mode on the director's cut, because what that does as you're watching it, it actually zooms out on occasion as Zack Snyder talks to you about the scene and how they did the special effects, how it works, what their pacing thoughts were, and then it goes back into the movie again. So if you enjoy how movies are made, I'd go with that. I'd go with the um, Maxim movie mode after you've watched the movie at some point, but it's the full length movie. They're doing the entire thing. So I guess the question guys is <laughs> we know my answer on this already, but would you rewatch this movie anytime soon?
0: I just did.
1: <laughs> I would, I, I, mean, I don't know if I do it again as quickly, you know, like in the next week or so, but I definitely watch this again. I think it's a great self-standing story. And I, even though I, I would also gladly read this source book again. So yes, I agree on that. I would, I would sit
0: down and make this book a uh, bathroom reading material.
2: I actually just picked up the Omnibus for the, uh, uh, before Watchmen just because I want to know more about the lore. There is
0: so much. I've got the uh, there's a movie theater, there's a whole kind of compendium set, not just the omnibus, but there's a uh, two books tied directly to the movie. I've got both of those. I mean they're part of my personal collection along with the original graphic novel.
2: Well I know this movie's re- relatively recent. So a remake is probably not in the cards for us. So the question I guess is ignoring the HBO spin-off should they keep expanding this universe? Should they go back to it again and to a deeper dive
0: too close. I think it, it, it resonates, but I think this was an 09 movie. I think we can't really put something like this out today i think we gotta leave this is this is too close to reality in a lot of regards um and oftentimes movies can be too close i think this one needs to kind of hang and it's and it's an opus i think it's quite frankly it's snyder's and moore's opus i think you know when you think about from a story point of view this is you you mentioned in the ultimate cut this was the four hour opus this was the uh they didn't jam that all in there all the extra stuff and i mean it's it's part and parcel one of the best superhero movies ever made
1: No, I don't think you want a remake of this. I think, again, because you're coming as close to the source material as you're going to, and I think refilming it for any reason to add the other original ending, I guess, doesn't, I mean, the the original comic ending, not the original movie ending that was terrible, but the original comic ending, I don't think is needed. I think it's fine. We mentioned the HBO series. I do recommend that, but again, it feels more like it's a story in this universe, but it doesn't necessarily tie to this. It does, but you don't need it to.
2: Yeah, I mean, me, I've always liked more lore. I always like more information, so I'd love to see something else tangential to this i don't want to revisit those characters again i enjoyed that hbo series jeremy um not because it tied in directly i just enjoyed the series so i think yeah i'd like to just revisit that world where superheroes became a thing in the 30s of a more real reality versus just sort of you know the superhero movies we see today so uh, rating wise guys um using the patented fergal method of rating movies how would you rate this thing
0: i'm giving it two thumbs I'm you only get, you oh. only get one. You oh, only get one. Then I'm giving it. It's a thumb. your system. I'm, I'm giving it a thumb and a big toe.
1: <laughs> Our system doesn't make any sense, but I'm also giving it a thumb up. But I, but I think again, it's if 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 you could go higher than a thumb, if you could go like a thumb, and then your other thumb is partly up, uh, even though you're only matching it at one thumb. I would give it that if you read the book first. Otherwise, it's just a thumb.
2: A thumb. So thumb and some light reading.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I think a thumb and a big toe will take this thing all the way.
2: Um, I give it a thumbs up as well. So before we move on, guys, let's—we actually have a piece of mailbag again. We're actually getting these on a regular basis. So just for those who are listening, if you want to send us a note, um, it could be telling us how poorly we're doing, how great we're doing, or anything, or even a movie suggestion. Just take a look at uh, www.movie-smash.com. There's a forum on there. Fill it out. You don't have to use your real information. Just send us a note. So we got one today. Um, it's coming from uh, someone who put their name as A.M. It says, great show. Uh, this is appropriate considering what we just did. This is my OCD. Would love it if you guys could make the rating system clear and make sense.
1: <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize. We cannot. We, <laughs> we cannot do that.
2: 30 three uh, sorry. 30 days a night was like three a uh, three quarters of a thumb, but this was with a thumbs up with a smile. I just don't get the system. <laughs>
0: Well, that's part of the mystique. Uh, Am I'm going to just respond directly and tell you that's part of the mystique. We're going to give you a little bit of lore. It's like a Rubik's Cube. It just takes some time to figure it out.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I would hate to have to create a, a spreadsheet that aggregates the state of how many thumbs with toes and smiles behind it. So with that, what is everybody working on right now outside the show?
0: Oh, we're working on new Comic-Cons. We've got new Comic-Cons that we're setting out to go to. Uh, awesome. Potentially, we're going to do try to get out to D.C. this year and do Awesome-Con. I'd really like to do that, so I maybe get to see you guys face-to-face. Maybe record a show at Awesome-Con. Go to the booth. Uh, we've got a couple of the Comic-Cons we're working on, small and large. We're just trying to create new opportunities, bring in new artists, really try to do some artist signings, some of the local signings and things of that nature. But we're just moving through and making magic happen. And we're making – got to check out my TikTok channel because we're
1: Bringing great videos out. Uh, I'm very excited to hear that you want to go to AwesomeCon. I never go to cons that are in my own area. I live right outside of the DC area. I never go to MagFest. I never go to AwesomeCon. If you're coming, I will make it a goal to get to AwesomeCon, to shake your hand. And, you know, welcome our, our thousands of thousands of movie smash fans to come say hi to us. So uh, I would be down for that. That sounds very exciting. Uh, otherwise, you know, it's it's January. I'm sure that uh, work is picked up and I'm very miserable. So I'm looking forward to doing more movies to stop thinking about real life.
2: Well, that's kind of funny. So I guess we, we might be having I don't want to say a booth at Austin Con, maybe like a table in the uh, cafeteria area.
0: It, it would be a table or perhaps an outside booth. I don't know. We'll have to figure it out. We're just kind of looking right now. I know there's a lot of applications out. We're trying to make a decision about where we want to go, but I would love, I, I awesome kind was awesome. It, it's no other way to describe it
2: for myself. Um, by the time this episode drops, uh, you should be able to find on our website, a new suggested reading tab that we can go in there. If you want to find some more background information, on the source material for these comics, go check it out. Um, find out what inspired these these movies what the source material was such as and they'll have great suggestions just like if you want to learn more about watchmen go read watchmen if you if you've enjoyed this show please give us a review share it with your friends if you want to drop us a note tell us what where we are wrong or if you want to make a movie suggestion just visit us at movie-smash.com and thank you for listening share with your friends. If you want to drop us a note, tell us where we were wrong, or give us a movie suggestion. Visit us at movie-smash.com.